0: We are starting a a new series, it is called. Our North Point uh, is about, we're basically, we're starting a new year and we are starting a new direction. And we want to know the question, uh, we want to know the answer to the question, how do we know that we are heading in the right direction as a church? How does the church even begin to know that? Like, how do we know that we're actually doing what God wants us to do and going the way that we need him, uh, that he needs us to go for his kingdom? And God sort of does this in, in almost a way, the best illustration I could give up front is almost like a GPS, okay? Who here knows how a GPS works? Okay, explain it. You put in an address and it just shows up. Exactly. It's just, it works by magic. Exactly. Okay, for reals, though, what does GPS even stand for? You guys know? Okay, you guys got that. Okay, how does it work? It's a series of satellites, yeah, so no, that's good. It gives multiple perspectives, right? It gives multiple perspectives to where you are and triangulates uh, between those satellites where you are. Okay, we all understand that, right? Here's another pop quiz for you. Who was the first country to use GPS in commercial airlines? Not Vietnam, not Russia. Yes, not Germany. Because I'm German, you think I just give you... St- it's like, yes, everything relates to Germany. No, Yes. Ukraine, that's very random, but no. (laughs) Japan, China, no, Canada. Everybody in the last service said Canada. I don't know why you're like, GPS, duh, Canada. The United States is actually, they're the ones that started GPS, but not the one that that first put it in commercial airlines. You know who it was? You'll never get it. You'll never get it, because it it is actually the tiny island nation of Fiji. It was the island nation of Fiji, and here is why. They saw this new technology that was implemented by the United States military, and they thought, oh, that's really genius. Like, you can pinpoint exactly where you are. Now, they wanted to boost their tourism, of course. And how do you think, how many people do you think can miss Fiji on a map? A lot of people. In fact, prior to having GPS in airlines, you know how pilots would spot Fiji and be able to land there? I'm not kidding you. Prior to that, in the 1980s, they would, pilots would just be flying around. How I don't know how you fly a plane. I hold my Glock like that, but whatever. And so <laughs> they're flying around, and they're just like, okay, I'm at the latitude and longitude. Uh, I think that's it over there. Let's, let's go down and look. That's really how they would do it. And then they'd call in and say, hi, are you Fiji? And, you know, I'm, I don't know how they talk. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they'd say, are you Fiji? And, no, sorry, we're, you know, the long, wrong island, Samoa, or whatever. So they were the first ones to implement that. And it's genius because it, it incorporates multiple perspectives in order to go in the right direction. And in the same way, God sort of does that with the church. He works through not just me, not just Tony, not just Pastor Lynn, not just any other person, but us collectively. How? How can he possibly do that? We'll be reading through the end, of the last three chapters in the next four weeks, the last three chapters of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I invite you to open up there. If you have it in front of you, I should also have it up on the screen in just a moment. But we'll be looking through uh, today specifically through 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. And we'll be looking at the, the role of the Holy Spirit in giving gifts to each and every believer in order to help lift the church and guide the church. Okay. Let's read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And then uh, I'll, I'll sort of break it up for us a little bit. We'll talk for a little bit, and we'll have some communion. Sound good? Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one could say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them, each one, just as he determines. Let's bow our head and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending us your son Jesus Christ to show us the way to your heart father we thank you Jesus for giving us your spirit to guide us as an internal compass in each and every believer and we thank you for giving us a community of brothers and sisters around us to help guide the way I pray that you'll open up our minds and our hearts for 2020 as we consider how we can play our part in using these awesome powerful (laughs) gifts wow that was a great timing thank you (laughs) We thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish things would boom every time I said power. No, didn't. Okay, didn't happen. So Paul is writing to this church in Corinth. This is Greece. This was about 2,000 years ago, and this church in particular had lots of squabbles among them. They were very liberal-minded. They were very intellectual. They were very like, oh, you know, we're very progressive. But there was also a lot of deep-seated conflict within the church. And so Paul writes over and over and says, like, hey, look, you, you guys have to love each other. You have to come together. And, and he gives the gospel as a reason for each of their troubles. And they are writing this letter. They wrote a letter that we don't have to him asking him a bunch of different questions. Like, well, how do how we get around this? How do we get around that? And he addresses them. And in this particular case, he's talking about spiritual gifts. Now, what are spiritual gifts this is our first point. What is a spiritual gift? Well, <laughs> It's a gift that is of the Spirit. <laughs> I don't know another best way to say that, but I can do this uh, by showing you a, something in contrast, which would be a natural talent, okay? A spiritual gift versus a natural talent. Look again with me uh, at verses 1 through 3. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another word would be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one could say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the Holy Spirit? Let's start with that, okay? Let's start with who is this? Is this like, I've heard of this in church, there's the Father and the Son, and then there's like their pet, the Holy Spirit, or their, I don't get it. I don't quite understand. Okay, the Holy Spirit, and I am sorry, this is a little bit dense today. If you could just track with me, okay, you all look pretty caffeinated, and most of you look like you're still with me, so <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 10 times in this passage, in just 11 verses, over and over. So it's, it's something of prominence that Paul is directing this church back to. Like, hey, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that you guys are able to come together. So who is this Holy Spirit? If you were to backtrack back to John chapter 14, this is called the Upper Room Discourse. Okay, this is where Jesus, about to go on trial, about to falsely be accused of things, Whipped, tortured, beaten, mock-scorned, etc. go to the cross, die, be buried three days, and resurrects, right? He is having a final meal of communion with everybody, and he's explaining this in John chapter 14. He says, if you love me, to my disciples, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Not just holding your hand until you die and say, okay, have a nice day, but he's with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot see him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, my followers, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you, okay? So he promises, before he goes to die, he promises that I'm going to send, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will send, what, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be with you. Now, that word, another advocate, that word, another, in Greek, there's several ways, I know I'm going to go, this is going to get dense, I'm sorry, trust me, we're going to bring out the whole trinity in just a minute. Another is not like another of a different type, but it's another of the same type. So basically, it's like you're saying, oh, I'd like a boba. Now, if you wanted another of another kind, you'd probably be like, no, not the Thai tea. Let me get this. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I like the milk tea. Let me get another milk tea, (laughs) right? It is the same type. An advocate means to come alongside or to be in you, okay? So Jesus is saying, basically, the Father and I are going to be sending this spirit to be with you. If you were to fast forward past the death and resurrection of Jesus, in John chapter 20, he's hanging out with his disciples again. He's showing off, like, hey, look, check it out, these scars. I don't think he said check it out. Like, dude, isn't that crazy? It's like tattoos or something. Right? No, he's he's showing everybody that I physically am still alive. See? You can touch the holes in my body. You can look at me. Let's have a meal together. And they're amazed. It's like, okay, we're not just seeing things. I didn't do too much hookah or something. Like, this is real. And then Jesus explains that as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Okay? As the Father, God, sent me to this earth, now I'm sending you into this earth. And then he does something very strange. He leans over and he breathes on them. It's Kind of weird, right? I mean, not just like a heavy breather, like, hey guys. It's not like a creep sort of thing, but it is weird because he goes over to them and he's like, ah, I'm really sorry. I did not have Mentos or anything, and he tells them, receive the Holy Spirit, okay, and it's kind of an awkward thing to read, you're like, okay, that's weird, like, if I were there, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, I don't know what your breath smells like after three days dead, but wow, you know, but he says, receive the Holy Spirit, and what he's doing is he's sort of forecasting, like, I want you to go in my power, that advocate will now be with you. Jesus ascends into heaven. He is next to God the Father, and in Acts chapter 2, that's finally fulfilled amongst all believers. Anybody who is seeking after the kingdom of God, this is important, anybody who is seeking after the kingdom of God and surrenders everything over to Jesus will receive the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. And, and the whole point of the Spirit is to point back to Jesus and what God has said. That is how God builds the kingdom. It is through God in you, okay? Now, what of are, what are these spiritual gifts well, let flash, flash back, I guess, to First Corinthians 12. Each and every believer who accepts the Holy Spirit in their life is going to now be equipped to do ministry and build the kingdom of God. And he does so through giving you special gifts. Now, what are these gifts? Is it like a door prize, like, and I got a fruitcake or something? No, spiritual gifts are gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, meaning that you have been given a supernatural ability okay, a supernatural ability to do something that others might not be able to do, okay, let me put that, let me put some meat on the bones here, there are some preachers, for example, even at this church who can't stand public speaking, they cannot stand public speaking, who who here is afraid, like, to draw attention to themselves, (laughs) haha, yeah, raise your hand, yeah, so you don't, okay, some people just absolutely hate that. And there are preachers that, that are preaching. And if you talk to them, they're like, oh, I just can't, I get so nervous. I've, I've, I know a, a pastor who's like, I, I throw up. And even one of ours here used to throw up before going to preach. Again, hopefully he doesn't breathe on you after. But by God's grace, somehow they are so impactful as preachers and as teachers of God's word that you walk away like, Wow. My mind is blown. I, I need to change something in my life. But if you were to just pick them like it was a dodgeball game, you would never pick them. Oh, no, well, that guy stutters or that guy. One of, my, one of my favorite preachers, to be honest, like that I follow on YouTube, he, he talks and he has a little bit of a lisp. And I would never want to listen to that kind of person. Like, out, like oh, I would just be like, no, I, no, this guy can't be a preacher. There's no way. And I listened to, through the whole message. And I'm like, wow, so impactful, so powerful what he was saying so it was not natural talent or ability inside of this person but something supernatural that was happening within him and within all of us so when paul mentions things of spiritual gifts and there are many lists i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the list today Uh, you'll find also a similar list in romans 12 ephesians 4 there's a few other smatterings of gifts all over the place But what I do want us to understand is that they are supernatural gifts. They are different from your natural talent and ability. And that they are in you if you, so long as you are following after Christ. Now, this brings up a good point, okay? What if I don't feel like I have a gift, Evan, (laughs) okay? I don't really, like, I don't serve or anything. I just kind of, I don't know, like, nobody said anything. How do I know what gift I have, okay? So if you go on to the next point, sorry, uh, tech team, if you can, yeah, What is a spiritual gift? One, it's an evidence of being a Christian, okay? If you don't feel that you have a gift, there's two possibilities that I'll give you. One, you're not really actively doing anything in the community, okay? You're not really exercising it. There are plenty of people who claim to be Christians, but they only go off of the whole idea of, okay, I'm saved and that's about it. There is so much more to the Christian life that you are called to be part of a community, that you're called to serve, and the community around you, the church, affirms what they see in you. Hey, I see God working in your life. I see God working in your life in this way. I've had several of you come to me uh, after sermons and sometimes just just randomly text or message, and you're like, man, you know, I just wanted to just thank you. I I sense that God really works powerfully in you, and I thank you for the affirmation. Oh, you have some gift in teaching or whatever it is. Okay, so the church will always affirm that God is working in you, but that also takes you getting up and doing something. What you feel that God is just supernaturally drawing you towards. Some of you just have this like strong desire to like, I just want to give, give, give. You're like the giving tree. You're just a stump and you just still want to (laughs) give. Makes me cry every time. But for others, so that's one possibility, perhaps you're not really doing anything. So that doesn't take a whole lot to stand up and say, no, 2020, I actually, I want to be in the community. I want to actually serve. I want to build the kingdom of God with those around me. But the other possibility could be this, that perhaps, this is a scary one, perhaps you haven't really accepted Jesus as your Lord. Verse 2 and 3, Paul mentions you know that when you were pagan somehow or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols okay this church uh came from a lot of deep idolatry what is idolatry it is something that is not of god that you are worshiping and usually it has to do with fulfilling your own desires in one of the video games that i play it's a fantasy game and and uh you know you can give gold to like the homeless people and then it says gift of charity added and I get some sort of bonus. It's self-serving. So I'm going around like, oh, I need some more health. Here, here's some money, right? And it's self-serving, okay? And I know this. I know I'm, I'm having like theological like meltdowns while I'm playing. Like, oh, this is terrible. I just decapitated that person. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know, it's, it's the lesser evil, you know. Okay, anyway. It's possible that perhaps you aren't really serving the Lord Jesus. Maybe you're like, oh, I haven't really felt any empowerment or any motivation. What are you really after? Because unlike a mute idol in the church, there's something alive and active in speaking the truth about Jesus. Secondly, about these spiritual gifts that he mentions in, in verses one through three, it this these gifts will always point back to Jesus. This is another way to tell between your natural talent, okay, and abilities, which I'll get to in a minute, and A spiritual gift, something that is in you by the Holy Spirit, okay? It should always point back to Jesus' lordship. Look again at verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except for the Holy Spirit. In this church, not TLC, but in this church in Corinth, there were lots of people who were using the stage as a platform to speak, People would come in speaking different tongues and like, look at me, I'm so linguistically savvy. Some people would say, well, I was educated at this place. And and they they were constantly promoting themselves. And that is one of the drawbacks to when we only rely on our raw talent and abilities. Yes, God has made us a certain way. God has given us certain experiences. Okay, If you were to skip forward, actually, give me two slides from here. Yeah, talents are abilities and experiences acquired and honed, okay? My past, in my past experience, I've been public speaking for almost 20 years. Yeah, a long time. You're like, dude, you're not even that old. I'm like, I started as a kid. I did, I was an actor. I did a stand-up comedy. I did, I know, I didn't do too well at that. So <laughs> I, I, I did uh, improvisation, okay, a lot of comedic improvisation. You could say, well, you know, you're just kind of running off of that. But the gift of teaching is a little bit different. I was, you see, when I was using only my talents, it was only to further and advance my own career and image. Is it still a temptation to come here and stand before all of you and be like, aren't I so eloquent and good-looking and dead? Of course. Of course. I say that not as a joke. It's a reality for almost everybody. When we only draw on our own talents and we give and we serve only so that we can feel like, yeah, they like me. I'm good, see. See? No, 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 no. A true spiritual gift is always going to point back to Jesus as king. That is the point of the of spirit coming in and saying, here, I want to empower you to build God's kingdom, not your own kingdom. Now, can God use these talents? Yes. He allowed you to go through these experiences. He's built you in a certain way. Who here is really good at math? Okay. I can't count that many. I'm not great. Okay. History. How <laughs> about history, science? Yes. Okay. We all have different acclamations towards certain things. We all, you know, I I enjoy this or I enjoy that. That's fine. God can still use those things. But they must always be submitted over to him. Are these spiritual gifts? Yes and no. They are talents and abilities. But the the, the gifts of the spirit will always manifest and point back to Jesus. Okay? We get the point? Let's move on. Verses one through, uh, actually, let's go to verse four. The next point I want to draw out here is the idea of community versus individual gain. Okay, Because now that we've learned that if we are truly Christians, if we are truly seeking after the kingdom of God, then we've received the Holy Spirit. Now we are a bunch of spirit-gifted begotten people (laughs) how do we organize ourselves what should we be doing what should we be looking for what should we value okay look at verse 4 there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same god at work pause for a minute i'm gonna go a little bit deep with you okay y'all ready for this we're gonna bust out the trinity right now y'all good with that you think we could do it? I, I, I swear I will make it as quick and painless as possible. But I think it's important to understand. Paul draws out this idea of Trinity right here. You see, he starts with, look, you have this power. You have this tool in you. Now, looking around in this sea of people, everybody does have different gifts and ability. But they're all of God. And God intends for you to use them for one another. Here is why says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same you'd expect to see spirit right what do you see you can say it now if you want to say it you don't have to lord okay lord (laughs) you're the one with the gift of speaking why don't you just say it okay but the same lord that word is kurios in in greek that is that is the the same title that they gave to jesus and there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same what? God at work. So we see spirit, we see Lord, which is Jesus, the Son, and we see God, the Father, all in, crammed into this. Why does Paul bring out the whole trinity for this? Well, I'm convinced because he wants to show us that God in himself... We believe in a triune God, okay, just put on your thinking caps, I know, before your minds turn to infinity dust, let me just say this, okay, that God in himself is a community. God in himself is a community, okay, Father, Spirit, Son, okay, all God, crazy, hard for us to fathom, why, because we're human, is anybody here more than one person, unless you have some sort of psychological disorder, we're all pretty much one person, right, but you were made in God's image. Do we believe that that, you, that every human being was made in God's image? Do, do we need to proof check that in Genesis? I could go through Genesis if you want. Okay, just nod your head. Yes, we are made in God's image. Therefore, you were made in God's. Uh, therefore, you were made for community. Does that make sense? If you were made in God's image, who is in himself a community, you were made to be part of one another. So in addressing all of this squabbling over who is right, who is better, and let's face it, most of the time it's the loudest, most eloquent person, Paul comes in and says, no, 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 you are, you are valuing one and limiting another, and you're squabbling and bickering over who's the loudest, the most intellectual, most talented. But let me tell you that each one of you have a different function, and that you need one another to form a real Christian community. Eyes are glazing over, I'm sorry, you made it therefore okay can we get to the next slide okay a spiritual community is rooted in the trinity and is therefore uh, unified and diverse okay father is is god the father the son no that doesn't make sense jesus didn't walk around saying you know i am the father y'all and guess what i'm also the Spirit. no he didn't right so it is diverse but yet unified now we have a problem sometimes with church unity We have a problem, and this is going to really hurt us when it comes to our north point, when it comes to direction, when we're sitting around squabbling over who's right and whose opinion, and how do we do this well? Well, if we were to read the next chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, many of you who are believers and Bible thumpers, what is 1 Corinthians 13? It's the chapter of, starts with an L, love, right? It's the one that's always at weddings. It has nothing to do with, <laughs> with, well, love is the key to being able to be unified because in the Godhead, as we call it, Father, Spirit, and Son, there is this mutual love and respect and submission that we constantly see going on. And in our community, as we are exercising these gifts, as we are being led by the Spirit, there needs to be love. Let me give you a, an example of what that looks like through church history. Okay, there were two big, uh, during the Great Awakening, this was a time when there were lots of church plants, lots of people were coming to Jesus in North American England. There were two major voices during that time. One was George Whitefield. Another guy was John Wesley. No, not Weasley, Ron Weasley. As many of you are like, John Weasley. It was John Wesley. And these two were, were lovers of the Bible and lovers of God. They loved each other. They were good friends. But they had two big theological fallouts. They didn't agree on something that they saw in scripture. so It was like, oh, no, John, you see, this actually is saying, indeed, that God wants us to do this. And it was like, oh, Pishbos, now, you must have misplaced your bifocals. You see, when I read this, right? And so they were going back and forth about this, and they just couldn't make connections when it comes to certain secondary issues. But their churches began to make it primary issues, and they started accusing one another and saying, oh, you follow Whitfield, do you... uh, out of you. You're not even saved. You don't know anything about salvational Jesus. Right, and so they, they maybe I should just do the whole sermon in a British accent. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'd actually, you know. Now the two, John and George, did they not like each other? No, of course. They loved each other. They prayed for unity despite their differences. And when one of them died, the other was asked, do you suppose given your theological framework and his theological framework do you think that you're going to see him in heaven he had a little bit different of an idea of salvation you think you'll see him in heaven and it was george whitfield you know what george whitfield said he said no (laughs) he said no because i believe that he will be so close to the throne of jesus and i will be so far behind him that i will barely be able to see him even though they had very gross theological differences, they still loved and respected each other and were unified because they were following what their Lord Jesus said. Love me and keep my commandments and love one another as yourself. You see, God has gifted us all very differently. And sometimes you're going to butt up against somebody else even in these pews and you're going to be like... I don't think that's the direction this church should be heading. I don't agree with the leadership. Well, if I were in your position, or you might say, well, th- this guy, this, doesn't he, does he, is that even a gift? Like really, like sweeping the floor? Like, oh, okay. Well, you I mean, look, Evan's preaching. That's a big thing. Or so-and-so is serving and making decisions. And we start to limit one another. And we don't fully appreciate the gifts that we were given. That all of it is working together for what Paul calls the common good. We could get that slide up. Actually, look again at that passage. It should be verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for who? The common good. This speaks to us, 21st century Western Christians, with consumerist mindsets, individualist eyes, that other people are placed here for my good, and I will not associate with the cliques that I deem as unworthy or below me. In other words, I don't think your gifts really do anything for me. But Paul says, no, it's diverse for a reason, because it's for the common good. You're thinking only about yourself. Who can I attach to to further my own kingdom? And likewise, we're here not just to serve ourselves. Please don't make 2020 another year to come and receive only. And not go back out into the world and say, no, you know what, it's for the common good. It's not just for me. Maybe sometimes I need to open up my eyes a little bit more to see that what I might deem as something that's worthless is actually very worth something. I'll give you a quick example. Maybe there's somebody in this church or even in this very room that you're like, they're just so weird. They do things so differently. I would never do things like that. But if you were to talk to five other people, they'd say, no, that person is great. They, they always encourage me and lift me up. It really speaks to me. Well, then praise God. Because guess what? The Spirit of God is moving in their life, and those gifts are being actualized and used to benefit your brother and sister who is next to you. Do you see how this kind of comes together? So we have to be able to get away from this individualist, consumerist mindset and see that everybody, every believer, every born-again believer and child of God who hails Jesus as king is valuable and has the potential to really do great things in this community. It's not up to us to pick and choose who's great and which one that we should glorify over another. Third and last point. Occupation versus preoccupation. Okay, this is Getting into the gifts themselves. I'm just calling it occupation versus preoccupation. Why? Because you are empowered, okay, to serve based on how God equips you. In other words, you all have a job to do. If you actually say, nope, I pledge allegiance to Jesus and then America or whatever else you want after that, that's fine. But if you say, I pledge allegiance to Jesus, and I have accepted the spirit, then you have a job to do, and God is equipping you. Everybody has something unique in them. Some people just have this great propensity to encourage. You could be having the worst day. I love I love being around people with, like, encouraging, just they have this innate thing inside of them where I'm like, dude, everybody in my family died. And they're like, well, mm, I want to just encourage you, brother, because praise God. And I'm like, what do you mean praise God? And then they, they like, talk, and you're just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. today's a good day to have a good day. You know, you're just like, your mind has changed. It's completely changed. There are different gifts that God gives to each of us to be able to build this kingdom. So what are some of these things? Let's read through it. To one, there is given a spirit, uh, through the spirit, a message of wisdom, okay? These people usually have just something biblically centered to say that is going to reorient everybody. So when we all come together as a church and we're, we're thinking about vision and, hey, what, maybe we should form a new small group or a new church or a new vision or a new ministry or whatever it is, there's sometimes some side discussion and maybe there's like opinions that are said. And usually a pe- person with a spirit of wisdom will stand up and say, well, what does the scripture say about that? And then everybody's like, mm, mm, you right, you right, hmm, that's good, okay? Spirit, another to another message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Okay, knowledge, is it similar to wisdom? Sure, but it means like a knowing, like I just, I, let me just share this thing that I've experienced in life and, and what, what, you know, how scripture has opened up my eyes and how the spirit has opened my eyes to another faith by the same spirit. These are usually people, faith, faith okay when there's things that are going wrong when everything seems bad usually halfway through a year when we realize that we're not doing what we want to do and we're like what's going on this sucks why are they going to do that and they're closing my that seven leaves near my house and, I wanna, and there's somebody that comes alongside of you and says like hey you know what just trust god everything will be all right. And right you're like mm, that's true that's true though you know it's really amazing that god has gifted every single person who's following after him in this room to, to come alongside and just do these things. And this gives overall shape and GPS to our church. To another, gifts of healing, or in Greek it's actually healings. There's multiple healings. I don't know if Paul had intended, like it's emotional healing and physical healing, or if there's different healings, but there's just people who emit this sort of aura of like, you know, I, I feel a lot better. Sometimes it is physical, sometimes it's emotional. By that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy okay that is speaking forth that is not like the prophecy of like you're going to get in a car accident today oh called it you know no it's <laughs> it's speaking forth truth okay unto another distinguishing between the spirits that's not of god that i think that's of god yep to another speaking in different kinds of tongues to another was, yeah. to another speaking different languages to uh, still another the interpretation of tongues all are at work uh, all of these all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Okay, what do we take away from this? One, that we need to allow a space for one another to work. We cannot, we cannot say that, like, okay, I, I think that things should be done this way, but w- there needs to be some sort of give and take sometimes, and that we need to be able to submit to the spirit that is in each of us. This isn't the church of Evan. This isn't the church of Tony. This isn't the church of Muxulin or of Jerry or Home, or Dennis or Chris. This is the church of Jesus. And he equips each and every one of us. There are times, of course, where there's conflict. And it usually comes down to how you do something. But we have to trust sometimes and step back and say, okay, you know what? Like I I sometimes I butt up against people who are very... um, who are very uh, admin savvy, because I'm not. And so I'm like, well, why is it your b- butcher? It? That's my freedom, man. What you doing? Like, you just, creativity. And I get flustered sometimes. And likewise, it happens to people. I, I work with uh, people who are more like, well, you know, they're more consecutive. And then I come in with a random thought, and they're like, where does that fit in? Are you dumb? You know, and, and I'm like, well, no, I just had this, you know, vision. I know, I understand how I am. <laughs> I get it. But we have to be able to stop and pause and listen to one another and understand and respect that God is still working in that person as well, not just in you. You are not the king of everything. You are not given every single gift for a reason. Otherwise, you would depend on nothing but yourself. But that the spirit equally distributes different things to each people. And where are we going with all of this? Well, it's to show the world the big picture of the kingdom of God and what it looks like. When we love one another and we're able to respectfully submit and love each other, then we show the big picture to everybody. You ever uh, anybody here do jigsaw puzzles? Jonathan, do you do di- jigsaw puzzles? I'm gonna pick on you. No. Hmm. Does anybody else do jigsaw puzzles? I am the only one with a five-year-old in the room. Okay. Yes, jigsaw puzzles, and surprisingly, Danny. Okay. <laughs> What do you need to complete the jigsaw puzzle in front of you generally? A kind of an end result or a box, right? Usually the picture is on the box, right? If I just gave you like three or four jigsaw puzzles and I never showed you the big picture, you're going to be like, I don't know. I guess these kind of fit. Oh, nope, that one goes over here. But when you see the big picture, ah now it all makes sense and our job in this world is to come together as different puzzle pieces uniquely shaped okay some of us are very strange shapes okay some of us are out of shape okay we'll work on that in 2020 that's okay but somehow God places us together in such a way that he can paint a picture of his kingdom so our occupation is to help build Jesus's kingdom Not to become preoccupied with the gift itself. I'm really good at this and I'll just do this. But to remember that, ah, I'm working shoulder to shoulder with those around me. And God is working through them and me to paint this big picture to the world around us. That is where we're heading and that is how God uses each and every one of us to kind of give direction just as a GPS. So, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to just sink back into the seat Don't be afraid and just do that and say, you know, I don't know. That's for the people with the gift of leadership to do. But step out. Speak up. Your talent, your ability, doesn't matter. Yes, God will use it if you submit. But he has also given you a special gift. And if you fail to use that, what can I say? We're all at a loss. So in sum, can you go to the last slide for me, please? Our occupation. occupation yes is to help build the kingdom okay you're empowered to serve based on how god equips you okay the central focus is who the spirit okay who equips you must draw on that i know you're all going to go home or like sit on the toilet and start taking those like what spiritual gift do i have because (laughs) it's like you all do it after we do a sermon like this and that's okay that's all right don't become too preoccupied with like, mm, okay, so I'm hospitality. Therefore, I don't have to do all these other things. No, don't, you, you depend on God only. Okay, don't do that. We must allow space for one another to work. Okay, just remember that you, it's not all about you and the kingdom you're trying to build. We are all trying to go and build Jesus' kingdom. That is something that we cannot do alone. So in some, last slide, the spiritual gifts help to serve as a beacon for the church. By one, providing evidence of being a Christian so you know that, hey, there, there is something alive and going on in me, and I'm going to actually actualize my faith. Two, by pointing back to Jesus, these gifts that you have within you should always be pointing back to Jesus, and so should your talents and abilities. Three, bringing unity through a diverse community, okay? It's something that, again, we need each other, we get that. Finally, for providing for everybody, remember that you are not here just to serve you. But you are here for the common good of everybody else. Today we're going to take communion. Um, Before I end in prayer here, I was actually told to tell you how to do it, okay? Because we have these little, it's unfortunate actually that we have these today. I wish that we could all take it together. After talking about unity, we have individualized cups, but (laughs) you have to peel back the, the film on the top to get the wafer and then, you know the other part. It's like a grenade, basically. You know, you just pull it and throw it. Peel back this top part, and then this, the second part, and you can take all that. Okay, these are up here. Why do we do communion? One, because Jesus told us. <laughs> That's good enough for me, but for those of you who want to know a little bit more, in the context of his last supper, his last meal together, it was actually during a festival, and he came together with his disciples to explain that, hey, I'm, I'm about to die the sins of the world but i'm going to be resurrected i'm going to come back and all of these things are going to happen the kingdom is going to be start to be built and i want you to do this in remembrance of what it took for you to be part of this family okay and it's something that we do together so today as you come up to receive this uh, and i'll invite you just after prayer to do so after you take this communion what i'd like you to to just meditate on and think about is the person that is in front of you and behind you who is taking this communion. That though we are diverse, though there's many different minds in this room, though there's sometimes things that you might disagree with, and there's sometimes things that you're like, you're just weird, I don't get you. You know, spend a moment and just pray for them. Why don't you spend a moment and consider that, no, God is at work in their life. Can we do that as we come together at the table and we take this way for remembering what Jesus did, not just for me, but did for all of these other puzzle pieces in here in order to build this kingdom.